Welcome to the Salon Owners Collective Podcast. Each week on the podcast, you'll hear stories and tactics from experts and influencers who will provide you with actionable steps to transform your business and your life. I'm your host, Larissa McClemon, and I help salon owners move from stress and overwhelm to lead a life of freedom and profit by implementing a strategic framework to grow and scale their business. So wherever you are in the world, I want to officially invite you to join me in this episode and make an important step in your journey towards more freedom and more profit. Hey, how are you? Thanks for joining me on the Salon Owners Collective Podcast. How is your salon performing at the moment? How are you coping in uh, the different levels of lockdown as we start to get released, get back to normal? But it's not normal, is it? It's a new normal. (laughs) Things look different. How are you coping with working with PPE and social distancing and all of those crazy conditions that we have to work on? We've been talking about it a lot in socials and the group and on our pages and Instagram. And it's really interesting, the different activities that are happening and the perspectives and the hilarious uh, reactions of clients being irrational, wanting their needs met, feeling frustrated under the circumstances. And of course, being in the public sector, uh, we as salon owners get the brunt of it, right? So um, there are some funny conversations going on. But today I want to talk about salon marketing. Because often when I talk with salon owners that I know, and we talk about the topic of marketing, they often feel confused and rather lost. And when I look to the reason of why this is happening, one thing is abundantly clear to me, and that is that we haven't nailed the basics. And we see the big hair and beauty industry giants doing all these fancy cool things and having massive success. Or we see uh, big salon chains or brands that are massively successful, successful doing really cool things. We want to f- follow suit and we try and follow and, and replicate, right? Of course we do. But it's vital to remember that you first need to absolutely nail the basics because if you don't have a solid foundation, your whole structure will collapse. And remember that their year seven or year 10 is different to our year one, two, three, or four, or five, or whatever, do you know, their journey is different to ours, and we have to recognize where we are at, and and not try to be ahead of ourselves, so in this episode, I'm chatting with Sarah Garner from Digital Bloom, now Digital Bloom is a branding boutique designed to help hair and beauty and wellness uh, businesses in their brand game, their own story, and connect with their why, so today, Sarah will share with us her three ultimate basic steps that any hair and beauty brand needs to nail if they want to nail their marketing and to even have a chance of being successful. Now, if you think, oh, I don't want to hear the basics, you need to re-hear the basics because if you have a gap in your foundation, you need to backfill. The stuff is what you won't want to miss. So let's dive in and meet Sarah. Sarah, thank you so much for joining me on the Salon Owners Collective Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. So why don't we start with, well, who are you? Where are you? And how did you get to be doing what you're doing? Oh, it's a very, very, very good question. Um, So 
I am the founder and creative director of a company called Digital Bloom. Um, Digital Bloom is a branding boutique that's dedicated to helping hair, beauty and wellness businesses nail their brand game, own their story and reconnect with their why, which is basically a fancy way of saying we help you and your brand to turn heads for all the right reasons through things like graphic design, um, brand and marketing strategies and education. Uh, in the world currently, I am in Melbourne. Um, my business is completely virtual and is built to travel. So my partner and I actually don't have any fixed location. We travel quite frequently, um, which is really, really fortunate position to be in. Um, but it does enable us to connect with people within my industries all around the world, which is just pretty cool, I have to admit. So um, people often ask me, are you a therapist or a stylist? How, how did you get into these industries in particular? The short answer is no. I actually, um, I, well, although I wish I was, I'm not. Um, I'm a fully fledged brand design magician in my terms. So when I started Digital Bloom uh, a few years ago, it was basically for every single beautiful person listening to this podcast. Back in the beginning, I had a few friends that were starting beauty and health and wellness businesses. And I thought these incredible kind and, and loving and caring people, which are 100% my people, every day they get to empower their clients with confidence and make them really feel like a red carpet star feeling like there's nothing that they can't do. And, and as soon as they walk out of their salon or spa or clinic stores, they feel like a million bucks. And I think that is just such really like such an amazing um, ability to be able to have that impact on so many beautiful people. It's really cool. So basically I thought who was there to make you know, these business owners, business owners and their businesses feel confident and empowered as well. So who was there to shine that, you know, that red carpet light on their brand. And that very moment, my side hustle of freelancing and helping all my friends' businesses bloom, essentially at the time, I didn't know that's what I was doing. Um, mm -hmm. That's when Digital Bloom was born. That's very cool. That's very cool. So quite organic in the actual fact. Yeah. Yeah. Just kind of happened. <laughs> yeah. Cool. All right. And um, so I love Melbourne. I've visited there lots. I really love it. But I'm assuming that you're not going anywhere given the current climate. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. So uh, we actually are very fortunate to be staying with parents at the moment. Um, we are both actually from Geelong. So when I say Melbourne, Geelong. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, right now, unfortunately, all our plans have been cancelled and till further notice that's right so good time to be flexible and uh digital yes absolutely right well look let's talk a little bit about um salons and uh their businesses and why they the way that they present themselves to the world and i know at, at the moment you know there is uh, an opportunity while salons are not trading or while they're um starting back up again um to reinvest a little bit of time and focus onto the thing all things digital mm. <laughs> one of them being brand and brand aesthetic and the way that they present themselves so let's talk a little bit about some of the key things that you believe owners should be doing when they're thinking about their uh, brand visibility but mm. maybe that they're not remembering to think about yeah and it's, it's really important now more than ever, but in an ordinary landscape or what we would call ordinary, um, number one, I suppose, is consistency. Um, it's absolute key to having a really strong brand. And 
I think we all, we've all seen when businesses get quite lazy, they decide to use maybe a color or a font that's outside of their usual style. And whilst that necessarily won't mean, you know, it's the end of the world for their business and, or, or there'll be, you know, a dramatic crash in sales. Um, but if it continues over time and time and time again to be all different random sort of things, people start to notice that that business becomes really lax with all the aspects of their branding. So it actually will, you know, over time impact their customer's perception of them. So I guess being inconsistent with your branding, um, not just in a digital aspect, but across everything that is, you know, the way that your team greet your clients and the, you know, interiors of your salon, your print marketing and things like that. Um, it, it comes across really unorganized and unreliable and you really run the risk of your customers confusing your business with a competitors um, down the road. So mm. I guess, you know, it's really important to be, if we're talking about the digital online aspect right now, keeping your photos on your socials feeds and your website consistent. Um, even if that means you use the same filter, for instance, over your imagery, there are many, many free apps that allow you to do this. Um, and even though we use our design software here at Digital Bloom, my favorite app, to be honest, is Afterlight. And that's not plugged. <laughs> um, but it's really, really quick and easy to use if you're on your phone. Um, which helps create consistency through our social media feed. So, you know, consistency as a whole throughout your entire branding is super simple when you stick to a set of guidelines. And in the design world, it's often referred to as a style guide. So your business might not necessarily need a super high-end one like, you know, the likes of, say, Kevin Murphy, but just keeping a really simple set of rules, whether it be stick to these colour codes if you're using Canva or if you're using a, um, some sort of creation app, um, same sort of fonts, and, and making sure whoever you're working with to do that has that sort of guidelines um, and those rules to play with because then that's how you're going to create all that consistency. Yeah, I think it's a really important one. I'm glad you brought it up because I think, um, you know, unless we're being intentional about it, it's really easy to get swept up in um, beautiful things, mm. do you know, mm -hmm. like seeing beautiful imagery or seeing a beautiful design and going, oh, I'd like to play with that. Because I think often, especially for hair, maybe I'm, you know, making high level judgments here, <laughs> hair more than beauty mm. um, salons, you know, we're creatively built yes and so we want to do new and fun exciting things and new mm. designs and that can get exciting mm. stick to the same old thing <laughs> actually can feel a little bit boring yes absolutely. but what we're saying here is like it's only us that's getting boring actually mm. the opposite of boring is actually it's not boring it's called being consistent Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And exactly right. And avoid getting caught up in those latest trends. You know, um, yes. it's important to absolutely rebrand or refresh your brand every 12 to 18 months. But, you know, um, you don't sort of see the likes of, say, Apple or Coca-Cola completely shift everything and Coca-Cola is now purple. So people, exactly. yeah. and so people <laughs> instantly recognize, you know, someone like Apple with their symbol. They recognize them with their silver, um, you know, products. I guess now they've got different colors. Um, but Coca-Cola, you recognize that red from a mile away. You know, you recognize their symbol from a mile away. So that's, that's basically what you're creating by creating consistency is, is easily recognizable, um, you know, assets and, and, and the brand itself. 
I guess when we talk about Apple, they do come out with series or collections periodically with a new release or, yes. or an offshoot, but it's, they're not losing that anchored. There are some um, anchored elements that mm. keep them branded, right? And then they just yes. have a little series of, um, I guess that's the exciting uh, yes. <laughs> element to not be boring, but yes. they're keeping the core elements, same, same consistency, Yes. all the way through so that yes. i think that's a good that's a good brand example that don't stray too far but they do have little um exciting pop-up yes absolutely <laughs> they do have a lot of fun with their marketing it's for sure yeah yeah that's right okay good let's be consistent it's not boring it's called anchoring your brand <laughs> <laughs> making a presence known and then you can have a little bit of fun <laughs> yeah exactly once you've got your core elements yeah okay what about um in terms of who we're marketing to because i think for the same reason we can sometimes forget uh and i say we we as in the hair and beauty business owners can mm -hmm. forget um that they're talking to a specific customer we're trying to be too yes. broad yes um, and think well who who is this or actually i think they're not even thinking who they're just thinking hey here's a great thing that we should promote yeah. rather than who they're talking to so talk to me a little bit about getting some focus on the who mm, and it's it's a really really important one because i suppose it's it's tricky with especially hair and beauty in in these landscapes because the problem is is because we are so good at what we do um not digital bloom as i'm talking yeah. um, and, and and their businesses that it's very quite tricky to turn someone away and say you're not my ideal client right so mm. we, they actually do get to service an array of different people and Often when I talk to our clients and our audience about this is they say, well, I've got an age demographic of um, 16 years old right up until 80 years old. So how could I possibly have just the one age bracket? And mm. I think that's an interesting point because people often define their ideal audience via age or via gender, but it goes way deeper than that. So I say to my clients and our audience, you're truly talented enough to serve potentially anyone in your market. However, your business, you know, will always be a better fit for someone um, and not so much for some other people. And that's totally fine. You know, it's not to say that you as the technician or your team is the tech, the technician, um, technicians rather, are not good at what they do. They're fabulous, but it's how your brand communicates to the right people. So, um, for instance, if you've got a tongue in cheek sort of personality in your copy through your branding, that's not really going to uh, fill some people's cup, but you might get the attention of like-minded people um, who are just instantly attracted to your brand. And they're the people that you want to come in time and time again, because they tell all their friends, they spend more money. They, they come in 10 to 15 minutes early for their appointments. Um, they're just really good clients because they are picking up what you're putting down. So it's really, really important that you don't try and spread yourself too thin. So if you imagine, I guess, painting a house with a sample pot of paint, for instance, you can try and paint the entire house um, and sort of get really, really thin with the paint. I don't even think a whole room would <laughs> cover a sample um, pot, um, but it's basically really inconsistent when you do that. So 
your brand must be relevant to the clients you want to attract because you're ultimately creating an emotional connection with them, right? So a brand is so much more than a logo. It's, it's the experience that your clients have when they come into contact with every single aspect of your brand. So it's really important that you understand these dream, what I call, I'd actually call them dream clients because mm. as I said, they're not, the ones we're focusing on that are the really crappy ones are the ones we really want to come in who do all the right things. We need to know what their aspirations are, what problems they have that we need to solve as, as the salon and their challenges and the needs that they have. That is really going to help you create, I guess, an ideal um, audience or a dream client avatar. And then from there, it becomes really easy to connect your mark with your market. You grab their attention, you create a positive perception of your business and they're just going to tell everybody. <laughs> yeah. It's not actually about their age, is it? It's no. about their wants, dreams, needs, mm-hmm. requirements, and they could be 16 or 80. Yeah. If yeah. they have the same, uh, I guess, yes, some demographics, but psychographics. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it really helps when, if you can niche and it's quite hard to, I guess it is quite hard to niche in, in as a space like hair and beauty, because there are so many different services. But when I talk niche in this space, it's finding what you're really special at. So a speciality is, I guess, a combination of things that you love doing and you're really good at them. And you've done so many times before um, that encompass or they make up your passions and your abilities and your experience. Um, and then that from there becomes your speciality. So, uh, for instance, you might just want to do color. You might just want to be a color bar and you might just want to do blow waves and you know, you might just want to do facials and that's totally fine. You're not limited to, um, I guess thinking that, you are going to have a small amount of money coming in because if you're the best at facials in your community or in your area or in your wider community, guess what? People are going to come to you just for a facial. They're not going to yeah. come for everything. And in fact, you know, you can go not just facials, but a certain type of facial Correct. or a certain type of skincare or a certain mm-hmm. type of technique or mm. something like you mm. can actually get quite specific. Would that be mm-hmm. fair? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Almost the more specific, the better. And I think the one thing I wanted just to add to that, that um, uh, is that you don't have to exclude everybody else when you have a really tight niche. Yes, absolutely. It's not that you have to turn everybody else away and it's not that you ignore everybody else. I think actually when you choose a clear niche, a clear story uh, for one clear type of person Mm. then actually become more attractive to everybody around it and and I think you know other people that are not that ideal client will say oh well if she can help her she can probably help me too Mm. because there is a clear message and the brand is very clear and I think we think the opposite if we just talk to one demographic that everybody else is going to be oh I don't like them yes I, I actually think that's not the case yes yes absolutely right definitely um and I think when you talk to one particular client, that's the one you want to attract, but it's not to say that you can't provide the other services at all. It's an opportunity exactly. to, yeah, it's an opportunity to get those A grade clients in because they are going to be your A grade clients. It's what you want to do. But then from there, there's an opportunity um, to recommend and upsell uh, the services and products. 
Yeah, for sure. Okay, let's talk about uh, messaging a little bit. Um, now that we are consistent about our brand and we know who we're talking to, <laughs> what about um, like the messaging and the way that we talk to people in terms of um, are we promoting ourselves first or how do we talk to that ideal client? Um, yes. Oh my goodness. This one is one that grinds my gears. <laughs> um, oh, so often. And it's honestly not just within the hair and beauty industry. It's in with ev within every industry. Um, but like, it's just, once you have your consistency down pat, you know who you're talking to. Often what I'm, what I'm seeing is that brands are focusing their marketing efforts, putting the sale first before the customer. So they're actually too often promoting and like if you think about it um if you scroll on say let's say facebook and instagram and on average people do this every two hours when awake right now in this in this climate really people are doing it more so wow they see ad after ad and and if you think about it when you do it there's sales clutter after sales clutter it's super boring so your role and you are an expert within your industry to your community, right? That's why they come to you that you have a, um, you can solve their problems, their hair and beauty problems. So it's really important to be educating your audience. So if, if you looked um, at someone's skin, for example, uh, you could probably instantly tell me in a beauty capacity that um, because I have freckles and I have that from obviously exposure to sun, I'm quite fair. There, I no doubt there would be pigmentation damage within my skin that I didn't even know was there. So if you're educating me on what to look for within my skin, then I know I have a problem. Some of these people don't even know they have a problem until you point it out to them. Mm. So it's really important that you're educating your audience, um, engaging them and inspiring them because sales will actually happen all on their own when you put in subtle call to action. So um, this is, I guess, a way in a marketing term, you're developing rapport. You are nurturing the relationship with your audience from your brand's point of view for them to know, like and trust you. And that's really where the magic starts to happen. Yeah, okay. And so the focus now is on what the client needs. Yes. Rather than what you're trying to sell. Exactly. And if you, if you flip that, all it is is a flipped language. So let's say you have a, uh, um, we've done a bit of beauty, we'll go to hair. So let's say you have, um, it's coming into spring, summertime, and you know more than ever that um, to lighten up, say, uh, a blonde, blonde hair, um, head of hair rather they need face framing foils and they need some beautiful highlights happening and they don't know how that's going to enhance their look or you don't they don't know how that's going to make them feel so instead of saying here's our face framing foils package you get the olaplex you get this and you get that um, it could be a matter of um, walking down. Have you ever noticed when you walk down the street and at summertime and you see this beautiful um, woman and she looks bright and she looks vibrant and she looks really, really um, summery, I guess, or she looks really um, empowered because it's just such a beautiful day, but there's something about her that you can't put your finger on, but she's just got this glow. Well, that's because she's blonde first of all and she's beautiful but she also has these face framing foils that do x y and z to make her look this way um she has a completely you know lightened um 
top. I mean, I'm not the expert here, but you can flip the I language. Thought doing, I thought you were doing quite well, really, <laughs> for a non-hair or beauty uh, therapist. I think so, you're doing very well. Thank you. <laughs> I always get into trouble when I try and explain it. So, um, But all I've done is I've flipped the language to cater to your audience's emotions and they've gone, oh, I really do want to feel like that. But in your mind, all it is, is face framing foils and probably half a head of highlights or whatever it might be with a toner. But to them, yeah, that's right. yeah, it's all on emotion. So when we engage and we make people laugh and we do, you know, at the moment I'm seeing so many people jump on TikTok in this climate before everyone wouldn't touch it, but they've got more time and they're like, okay, well, it's making my clients laugh and I'm actually getting a lot of engagement from it. I'm going to reshare it to my Instagram. So whilst that has nothing to do with your promotion, it's boosting up your engagement because you're not a robot that's trying to sell. You're actually a human that does have feelings and does have emotions. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like, I, you know, almost you need to rewind this podcast back to when she said, imagine you are walking down the street and you just take those words exactly. That's what your social media content should start mm. like. Yes. Like start with imagine walking yes. down the street and everybody's looking at you because your hair's flying in the wind or God, don't get me started. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> um, in the mind of the client, the foils are the last thing. What the, She wants to feel good and amazing and have people looking at her walking down the street if that's the ideal client that you're after. Yes. So, um, yeah. Okay. I hope that message is clear. Flip the yes. language. Yes. Flip it to the client's mind and what she actually thinks about because she does not sit at home wishing she had five foils around her face <laughs> and some people like <laughs> let's be perfectly honest some people have no idea the difference between balayage foils all over color like some people don't yeah. know and it's not up to them to know you know it's no. up to you as as the expert to be able to say oh this is how we're going to make you look and feel today now imagine how transforming uh your services menu would be on your website mm -hmm. if you're if you didn't put half a head of highlights, $97, full head of highlights, $150. And instead you called it, um, God, I'm, I'm not professing to be any good at package names. Um, instead you called it, I don't know, help me out here, floating and free and confident woman package. I don't know. No, that's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> Do you know, you yeah. actually gave her the outcome mm -hmm. um, and called the package, um, showstopper something. or something thank you thank you I, you needed to help me out there save me uh, yeah exactly um showstopping blonde or something or other and mm. and then you just in the description described what it was because actually yeah they don't yeah. know what face framing foils are or why yes. they should have them yes exactly right and and just speaking to the client in their language like yeah. you know exactly what you're talking about but it's always outcome focus like for instance, we uh, did a promotion a little while ago. Uh, we helped out one of our clients and they're a blow, like they specialize in blow, blow waves. Um, and they thought, well, not everyone gets a blow wave and, and how can I possibly, you know, increase my client spend? And it's all we do is blow waves and washes and styles. And I was like, let's have a look at the language. And we looked at it and I said, there's your problem. People just think it's just a blow wave. But what you have to explain to them is that they need to, um, sorry, not explain to them. What you need to do is change the language and say, uh, walk out in style, um, 
you know, it's like that, maybe it's Maybelline ad that, you know, slow motion hair flick <laughs> and you'll walk down with a show stopping, um, head turning, jaw dropping head of hair. You there know? you go. <laughs> That's all it is. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Okay. All right. Well, let's uh, recap some of these good tips. The first and foremost is consistency. Don't be tempted to do fancy fun things. Keep your core brand consistent and then you can have fun with collections or little, little side elements. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but be consistent in your brand. Uh, the second is get clear and niche down on your ideal client. Uh, who you want to attract to and speak to her directly. And number three was customer first. Think about what she wants, what's going on inside of her head, uh, not what it is that you sell. Yep. Yeah. That's it. Anything That's where the magic happens. For sure. <laughs> anything else you want to add or anything that uh, you think salon owners need to know that we haven't discussed already? Uh, they would be my nail those three things. And I promise you that everything will start to make make be easier and just make total sense yeah mm. all right mm -hmm. okay uh you're a business owner yes. and run your own business tell me what is a theme or a quote or a sort of mantra that you have that keeps you moving forward and keeps you sane while in business <laughs> uh that's very good i love i love this um so something that actually i remind my clients that they also do daily but i have a little mantra that i say to myself when i'm feeling i guess like it's been one of those hard days or a day where I'm not really sure in my abilities. I know we all have those days. Um, but my mantra I said to myself is I have the innate ability to inspire and empower confidence in others. Oh, I like that. Do you have that somewhere in your house or like, uh, it's actually on my, um, desktop back backdrop. My, what do you call it? The background. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Very cool. I like that one. All right. What about um, a book or a podcast or something that you have listened to or read recently that you would recommend that hair and beauty salon owners should get their hands on? Oh my goodness. Yes. So the book that's completely changed my business life, I suppose personal as well. Um, and I've read it for like the third time recently, um, mm. but it's completely changed my relationship with money um, in business for the better. It's actually called Profit First by Mike McCallowicz, I think mm -hmm. it is. Mm -hmm. um, he's unreal and just like, it's so simple. Like you think, how did I not know this? But um, really, really has completely changed the way I approach money from a business point of view. Okay, very cool. We shall link that up uh, on the show notes of this podcast. Okay, well, look, thank you so much for joining us. What we do need to know, though, is where can we find you? Where can we stalk you? Where can we find <laughs> Digital Bloom? We want to come and check you out. You've got a pretty cool website. I must say that I discovered you because you were lurking around on my newsfeed and your <laughs> branding is beautiful. It's just, thank you. you know, I should be your ideal client because I was instantly attracted to it. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Thank you. I must be doing something right. <laughs> I think you are. <laughs> so our website is w www.digitalbloom.com.au and on Instagram and Facebook we are digital underscore bloom. Awesome. All right. Well look, thank you so much again for joining us. Um, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me, Lucia. It's been awesome. 
And that's a wrap. Thanks so much, Sarah. I appreciate you joining me. Absolutely love everything that you are and you had to share. By the way, I love your branding, my favorite. Uh, and of course, it's very much in line with what we uh, believe here at the Salon Owners Collective. Now, I know a lot of salons are looking to attract new team members into their business. Given all the change, some are growing, some are not. And uh, I know that lots of people are looking to attract not just any old team member, but <clears throat> a rock star team. And the challenge is one of the, the number one reason that most salon owners are not growing the team as fast as they would like is that they're failing to attract the right people, anyone in fact. And it's your ads that are failing to attract, get any traction at all. So it feels like finding a new therapist or a stylist can feel like searching for hen's teeth, which of course don't exist. <laughs> so I want you never to have to wonder where your next staff member is coming from again. So I've created a free guide for you. I reveal the three simple steps to attract the right team into your business to fast track growth in your salon. So I'm gonna leave the link in the episode notes so you can uh, grab the guide, have a read, I'll step you through it. Thanks for joining me today. I look forward to connecting with you again next week. Thanks for joining me on another episode of the podcast. Tune in every week as I reveal the latest insights and advice on what it takes to truly master your inner salon CEO and master your salon success. Subscribe to the Salon Owners Collective podcast on iTunes or Spotify or visit us online at www.salonownerscollective.com. But make sure to join me in my Facebook group for answers to common questions and much, much more. Thanks for listening and I look forward to tuning in with you again next week.